Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Boys and ghouls, sorry, not sorry. Welcome to the special Halloween edition of Why Are People Into That Live? Yeah! Thank you. I'm Tina Horn, and Why Are People Into That is my podcast. I've been doing it for four years. It is an interview show about sex, kink, gender, and love. And this is the second month that we're doing a monthly live version of the podcast. And I'm so excited that it is October so that we can have a Why Are People Into That themed around monsters and sexy monsters. And since, yes, I know, shivers, right? My Twitter handle is at Tina Horns S. I mean, I really want to say thank you to the Pleasure Chest for hosting. The Pleasure Chest has been in New York providing sex positive retail and education for almost 50 years. And they have been the host of the Wired People Into That live show. And I am so happy to be doing it here. And so glad that you all are here to join us today. So yeah, without further ado, I'm going to pass the mic to Carly, who can maybe talk a little bit about herself and maybe say a few things about the Pleasure Chest. Well, I am Carly. I work at the Pleasure Chest on the Upper East Side. I've been here since they opened four years ago. I actually helped put it together. So I'm literally like part of the walls, if you will. <laughs> I teach a lot of the workshops. Basically, the Pleasure Chest is really invested in offering free sex education to people. It's really pleasure-based anatomy and like making sure that everyone is going to know about their bodies and how to talk about it and communication and all that good stuff. Um, one of the workshops that I am teaching this month is actually Sex Magic on the 18th. Um, so that'll be lots of fun. I have been posting a lot of kind of background stuff in my blog. So there's resources for when people are going to be here for me to talk about it. And my blog is dildo or dildont.wordpress.com. <laughs> <laughs> my handle on Twitter, if you want to tweet at me or ask me questions or yell at me, whatever you want, I'm used to that. Uh, it is makeup and sin. Oh, I have a question. If anybody wants to do any shopping tonight uh, at the Pleasure Chest, how late is the store open and is there any special deal that they might get for being here tonight? 
Um, so the store is open 10 to 10, Sunday through Tuesday, 10 to midnight um, every other day. So today we're open till midnight. And uh, if you attend this event or any of the workshops, you get 15% off whatever you buy. Um, so the more money you spend, the more money you save. <laughs> My name is Katie Skelly. I'm a cartoonist here in New York City. Um, I just did this book over here, My Pretty Vampire, which is sort of like a sex positive exploration of female vampires. But it's also really gnarly and bloody and really fun. And I think it's a great book for Halloween. I'm so excited to be here. And I know Kristen from sluttist.com. She was actually my editor. She used to edit me on these horny comics that I was doing called, it was called the Agent Series. I'm so excited to be here to talk about sexy monsters and yeah, just get Where into it. Where can people find you on the internet? Oh yes, you can find me on Twitter. My handle is nurse underscore nurse, which was the name of my first book. I'm not actually a nurse. People ask me that all the time, but sadly no. So yeah, at nurse nurse. And then I'm also on Instagram at, it's my last name three times, at skelly 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 because I'm a megalomaniac. One last question. If anybody wanted to get a copy of My Pretty Vampire, which is my new favorite graphic novel, I am totally fucking obsessed with it. Thank it you. is everything I love that is like gory and misandrist, but also like sort of non-discriminating in terms of the violence and <laughs> um, and like sexy and romantic and has these like, vintage pastiche elements but is also I don't know just feels like it's so clearly like somebody's singular vision Thank anyway you. I like I totally mean, you love can it totally keep going like it's cool. <laughs> but if somebody wanted to get a copy of it could they do that tonight they could do that tonight right here at the pleasure chest and I will sign it for you and I'll do a keep drawing for you as well amazing yes Kristen. hi there I'm Kristen Soleil, and I wrote this book back here, which is Sluts Feminists Conjuring the Sex Positive, that would not exist without Tina Horn over here, who creative directed the hell out of this thing. It's a sex positive feminist history of the witch, from the early modern witch hunts to the love witch, pretty much. <laughs> and I'm also the editrix of a sex positive feminist site called Sluttist, that has had Katie's brilliant work on it before and I also teach at the new school and um, <laughs> oh awesome so I teach a freshman college course um, on the legacy of the witch and I get to use my book this year and these are for sale I cannot draw so I can't <laughs> draw anything in it but I will you know put an XO in <laughs> so fucking awesome where, where can people find you on the internet Kristen Corvette personal Instagram sluttist you know Corvette with a K Instagram and then on Twitter I did my Halloween you know name change now instead of sluttist it's slutsperia so, oh. since I love Suspiria, who doesn't? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's that time of year. Actually, oh, yeah. last October, I put the devil horn hands in my Twitter name, and then I just never took it off. No need. No need. <laughs> no need. <laughs> so, the way that the wire people into that podcast works is that I'll have a guest and that guest will choose a topic and then we'll talk about it for an hour, sometimes two hours as any listeners to the show know. But for the live show, I think it's a lot more fun to do a little bit more rapid fire lightning round, cover a lot of different topics. And of course, 
since it is October, I figure that we would just need to talk about a bunch of different monsters and why people are into them, why they're sexy, what are the sexual components of them, what are the obvious things that we, what are the things that we love from pop culture or literature, do we believe in these monsters, what do we think that they are metaphors for, do we think that they're metaphors for anything, what monsters are we confused that people find sexy, uh, is there a monster that just has no sexual allegory whatsoever, I hope that we can figure out if there is one. If anybody has a favorite monster or a favorite monster movie or something that they love or something that has always confused them, please keep it in mind and we will definitely open it up uh, to the crowd. If we haven't covered your particular favorite monster, then I uh, guarantee you that we will get to it tonight. So maybe we should start by going around and having everybody say what is their favorite horror movie or a horror movie that they really love or are really finding very resonant this year. Kristen, do you want to start? Oh man. Uh, Besides Suspiria? Yeah. Or you could say Suspiria. I, I don't want to be cliche and pick a witch movie. So I'm going to say Alien. Oh yeah. I've just rewatched the original Alien and I find the face hugger extremely erotic. Oh at yeah. Stage. You know, why are so, people into face hookers? <laughs> there's, there's so much fluid and lime green, just explosions. And yeah, it's very erotic. I have to take the mic, the mic I have in my hand and, and, uh, and say, I'm so glad that you brought up the movie alien because in college, uh, I studied literature and I took a Gothic literature class and we watched four movies uh, including Blue Velvet and, and Alien and sort of applied all of this gothic analysis to the movies and my <laughs> my professor just had this incredible analysis of Alien that was just all about this philosophy term called epistemophilia which is basically like the like the love of knowledge or like the lust for knowledge and that the whole movie is about men, like colonial men, wanting to understand what it means to be a woman, and then basically this like primal nature female force being like, I'll show you, motherfucker! <laughs> and then like raping their faces, impregnating them so that they understand what it means to give birth. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Alien. You just blew uh, my mind. <laughs> and then, and, but also my professor would even talk about how like the, sh the, the exterior shots of the spaceship are like womb-like and then when the, when the astronauts are like floating around, they're like little sperms. Anyway. <laughs> even, even the soundtrack and the sounds is very like uterine. Oh yeah. What I've heard, sonogrammy or something. Oh yeah. Damn. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I totally agree. I'm stealing that. That's also great. just like, mm, all of the, and then the movies, the alien movies, they have become like less psychosexually horrific. Yeah. I think, sadly. We can talk about that all night. Great choice. <laughs> and you? I am going to pick Tony Scott's The Hunger. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. um, that's definitely been a huge fave this season in particular. I love all the, like, kind of hokey cameos from Bauhaus. And, like, I love that whole it, – it opens, like, a music video, like, from the 90s. And you're just like, what is happening here? It's so much fun. Um, Catherine Deneuve is – 
the best like female vampire ever. She totally sells it. I believe everything in it. Her partner is David Bowie, hard RIP, and he's amazing in it as well. I really love that she seduces young Susan Sarandon because it's just like With this the is the butch little haircut. Yeah. Like she's kind of like just coming into that like Thelma and Louise moment where she's like, I don't need a bra anymore. Like I got this. <laughs> and you're like, yes, this is great. It's, it's kind of like the most unlikely pairing too. When you think of like a sapphic vampire movie, you don't necessarily go to like the super classy Catherine Deneuve and then like little like kind of baby Susan Sarandon, but it works really well. Like oh, that yeah. contrast is really great. It's really sexy, like kind of in spite of itself. So I love that, love the soundtrack. And the best part about it is, is that Catherine Deneuve has like a crypt of all of her former lovers that she'll just kind of like keep alive a little bit just so they can like adulate her and be like, you're the best, thank you so much. And I'm like, oh, I need that like <laughs> in my home. And I like, sometimes I feel like my DMs are like that. I'm like, I'll give you a little bit. No, I'll give you, you know, like you just like keep them alive for just like long enough. No, not, well, maybe a little bit. Anyway, we can keep that. <laughs> but yeah, so definitely the hunger. And I think Tony Scott is like, in my opinion, I love Ridley Scott, obviously love Alien, but like Tony's like, he's my Scott. I'm not a huge horror fan. I don't like being scared. As scary as I look, I'm very tender. <laughs> so I actually really like Elvira because it's really campy. Yes. And I love, you know, a big breasted heroine. So, you know. Um, I also really love Teeth and Vagina Dentata oh, yeah. um, and Carrie, but I don't really think it's a horror film. It's more of like an inspirational film. Like, <laughs> look what you can do when you put your mind to it. Um, so, uh, yeah. but I don't really consider it horror. It's like, you know, I aspire to be here. Like sometimes when I'm really angry, I just like really hope I have a Carrie moment and it never happens. So like I've decided that I don't have telekinesis because otherwise or like pyrokinesis, otherwise people would have lit on fire on the subway. <laughs> so true. Disappointing. Yeah. So Only in patriarchy is that a horror film. Because like, <sighs> yeah. it's so true. that's, that's yeah. you know, that's aspirational. Yeah. <laughs> I am really obsessed with the television show American Horror Story. The first season that I watched was Asylum and I b became so captivated by it that then I caught up on Murder House and Coven and, and everything and then that was like the time that like Freak Show was coming out. And I feel like it's never been as good as Asylum was, but I keep coming back to Ryan Murphy. He's like a fuck boy, you know? <laughs> I'm just like, oh, uh, this is gonna frustrate me, but like, I kind of need this level of camp uh, in my life. And, uh, but so Asylum, I, I could go on and on and on about it, but what I love about it is that it takes place in the early 60s in Massachusetts and everybody has these working class Boston accents. And it basically, it takes place in a mental institution that's run by the Catholic Church. And basically all of the protagonists who are to, to one degree or another wrongly committed to the asylum are all sexually transgressive in one way or another. Like someone is in an interracial marriage and another person is a lesbian and another person was avenging herself from years of incest and uh, some, Chloe Sevigny plays a nymphomaniac. But, uh, and, and, and basically like everything horrible that happens to them Kind of like what you were saying about Carrie, I just feel like, yeah, man, that's what it feels to live under patriarchy. Like, and it feels sort of validating that 
it, feel, it, it feels like validating that I, when you feel like you're being gaslit and people are like, mm, are institutions like really trying to like keep you like hobbled and imprisoned? It's like, yes, they really are. And sometimes it really feels as gruesome and torturous and as much of an ordeal as the extreme things that these people are going through. And so then I feel a little better about surviving under patriarchy because like at least I'm not like in a serial serial killer's basement like you know being like tormented by the like skin of my dead lover you know so I think we should start with witches okay so Kristen and I have talked about this a lot and she is the expert one but of many one of one of many but I am gonna I am gonna start with you Kristen why are people into witches why are witches sexy what is erotic about them? And what is erotic about being one? Oh, man. Why are people into witches? Well, they're either into it because they're looking at the car crash they dare not want to be a part of. So mm. it's like the fear of the primal female sexual impulse. Obviously, men can be witches. Folks on the masculine spectrum can be witches. Like, men were accused and you know put to death for witchcraft, but not nearly to the same level as women. So we can just... I know that, in case you're going to make a comment, let's put that aside. Let's talk about the woman is a witch mythos that not all warlocks the witch persecution. <laughs> Sorry, warlocks, not tonight. So <laughs> You have had your time. <laughs> Actually, fun fact, I was on the Huffington Post Live once with a friend of mine, Pam Grossman, talking about witches. We made a warlock dig. It was just a joke. And then all like the comments lit up, and they ended up having a second like event about warlocks and male witches because of just like this like tossed off joke we had. Oh so get ready for the Twitter storm. Not really. Anyway. Come um, at me warlocks. So. I'm ready. Yeah. And I think also on the other hand, the witch offers this primal sexuality unburdened by technology, patriarchy, hierarchy, nature based. And what's sexier than this, this, earth that we all live in what's sexier than dirt you know like Nothing. literal dirt i don't know so that's why people are into witches too and the stories that we've heard through the bible and scripture and art and literature and film and fashion and music about witches fascinating and captivating so you know they've held imaginations for hundreds of years carly what's your perspective why are people into witches um i think this just fits in my whole life. I think that people are into being intimidated and scared and that the witch is like a powerful woman and that people are just, they either wanna try and top you or they want to be topped by you and it's mm. just such a turn on for that. Yeah, it's just about power. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have a perspective on witches? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree I think it's absolutely a power thing and it's it's not just like that they're sexy and they're powerful but it's also like maybe they could do something for me you know maybe like oh maybe if I'm nice to the witch like I'll get a new rent stabilized apartment next year like maybe something maybe something will work out and I had this moment like on the subway a few years ago where there was this like very like small woman with like a lot of bags full of like like herbs and like trees and I was like I'm going to be like, I gave her my seat. I was like, here you go. And then like, I had a really good day. So maybe it was Baba Yaga. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's something to that as well. And I also think there's something sexy about like 
this idea of like a witch's like vengeance, which mm. is like, you know, that's like an, an old school thing. Yeah. And I'm not like super caught up on my witchcraft. I apologize because I've been having to read all this vampire stuff. <laughs> There's something to like, well, if I scorn them, like they'll come for me too. Like something's going to go wrong. And like, there's something like in that dynamic that's really appealing. Um, I also think um, that like, especially like with like the craft, like people just think like, the goth girl, the witchy girl is like really kinky and freaky in bed and then we're gonna like suck the life out of your dick or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So like, I just feel like that witches are just like, they think that they're just freakier and like kinky shit is gonna happen. Is that true? I mean, yes. with, with me it is, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So that's not a straight. <laughs> yeah, not here. <laughs> and if it's not for one person, it'll still work for them until in the moment and then, you know, they'll figure it out from there, but. <laughs> Katie Skelly, why are people into vampires? There are a lot of layers to it. And I was thinking about this today and there's, it's like multifaceted. So I think the fantasy is either like you are a vampire or you're being pursued by a vampire. So when you are a vampire, you know, you're experiencing like the glamor of yourself. You can manipulate people. You can seduce people very easily. So that's like a huge fantasy. I guess it kind of boils down again to like a bottom top sort of thing. So if you're being pursued by a vampire, it's like you can have this whole fantasy of like being chased like through Dracula's castle and like, oh, is he going to get you? And is he a bat? Like there's just so many, there are so many different avenues that you can go down. And then I'm a big fan of Julia Kristeva, the, um, she's mm -hmm. a Bulgarian French philosopher, um, did a book called uh, The Powers of Horror, and she writes about the abject. So the abject is any part of humanity that we've kind of distanced to like put ourselves in this like higher consciousness. So, you know, things like the scatological, that we die, that we, our bodies can mold, like all these unsexy things mm. are part of the abject. But the abject is also super appealing and it's what makes horror work. So something that kind of terrifies all of us is, you know, we're not just like a brain walking around, we're blood and organs and we're pumping things through. So what's like sexier than the idea of feeding off of somebody's life force, like yes. making somebody your own is incredibly sexy and it's incredibly abject. So it's kind of like this ultimate taboo is like cannibalism and drinking blood and murder, turning somebody immortal. It's like, you know, there's no other, that's like what we want as humans. We want to live forever too. So there's just so much to unpack. And I think they're just really sexy and I love female ones. I love watching them in film, like, because it's, it's women reclaiming that power. Mm. And like, that's why I love The Hunger too, because it's like Catherine Deneuve just does whatever she wants and she's hungry, like deal with it. You know? <laughs> the appeal of the vampire lifestyle is that you do whatever the fuck you want. Mm -hmm. So it's like pure hedonism. So you get to amass like wealth and like dress however you want and like have whatever layer you want and then you get to sort of combine like you were saying about the hunger like you get to combine all of your appetites you get to like feed when you're ravenous and then also like seduce anyone that you want and just like like experience this extreme pleasure and also get, like bestow extreme pleasure onto people and uh, and have that just go on endlessly without consequence sounds great yeah it's pretty good and the other thing you get <laughs> <laughs> the other thing <laughs> it's very 
working for me. Um, the other thing you get is you get unlimited time. So like, imagine, you know, imagine all of the things that like, you just kind of brush off in your daily life. Like, you know, I got a text message today that like made me really happy. I'm like, this is great. I don't have time to enjoy that. I'm about to get on the F train. Mm. I got to find a seat. I got to like, you know, push people out of the way. I have to get to work. It's going to be slammed as soon as I get in. Like, I don't get to experience that joy or like pleasure in my life. But if you have unlimited time, mm. you have nowhere to be. Vampire mythology is always like they're wealthy as well. Because if you have a lot of time, you just figure out how to scam. You do your thing. I would love to have time to do that. So you have unlimited time, you have the resources, and yeah, that just adds to it. But the flip side of it is something I'm interested in now is people who like want to be seduced by the vampire. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, what do you have going on? You know, like, so the like Twilight phenomenon was such a big thing for like vampire mythology, not only because they made vampires sparkle, but because the whole thing was about <laughs> being pursued by a vampire. And it's like this guy who's going to like, be into you your whole life. He just wants you. And like, if you're like a virginal Mormon, fantastic. <laughs> like that's what he's into. So I like to see the flip side of that as well. And it's like, where is that sort of coming from? Do you guys have thoughts on that? It's a lot less work than being a witch in my mind. I feel like witches, you know, you're out like picking herbs. You're like running from the, the townsmen trying to read. like set you on fire. You know, you got to remember yeah. like incantations and you know, you got to work with your witch sisters or whatever. And vampires are just like rich and hot. And, like, <laughs> you know, and people, vampire hunters try, but they, they hardly ever kill them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just feel like they, they really are, are the top of the pantheon as far as like living it up. Yeah. And they always have some sort of like element of like mind control also, so yes. it makes their lives pretty like smooth sailing. Yeah. I've always been more attracted to like the werewolves kind of because like there's always like vampires versus werewolves. I feel like they're always butting heads because the werewolves are always more like blue collar, like bikers, and like that's definitely what I am more into. So like I like a guy that looks like he's gonna rip a tree out of the ground and then maybe turn into a werewolf and like eat eat some dude that was catcalling me on the street like. So, like, vampires are cool, but they're more, like, aloof and, like, oh, yeah, I'm, I don't know. Does it, does, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're more on, like, to me, the feminine spectrum mm -hmm. vampires. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. know if I've seen too many, like, hyper-masculine yeah, exactly. vampires. Yeah. Something to be explored, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I think that, well, I recently read Fledgling by Octavia Butler, which is about... Uh, it's a really smart conceit of a vampire who wakes up in the beginning of the book with amnesia and so basically has to spend the entire book like learning about her own particular vampire mythology and world as well as her identity and who she is. One of the first things that she does, like the first human that she sees, she seduces without really... No, it's just her instinct. And the way that it's described is so erotic. And there's and the way that they're drawn to each other and the 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 way that they smell each other and the way that they're I feel like it's this amazing like supernatural description of pheromones basically that I could feel in my body thinking about the people whose pheromones I'm obsessed with and like the way that you can control someone when they're into your smell is very erotic but also just the idea that no matter what you're as a human 
that no matter what your morals are, no matter what kind of person you think you are, if a vampire wants you, you just are, you just become like overcome with lust and there's something so like pure about that or like imagining that you no longer, I mean, it's a ravishment fantasy, right? That you like don't have any will of your own and also that you're not responsible for the sexy things that you do because the vampire made you do it. It's like there's yeah. no consent with vampire. I feel like with like the devil or something, devil has, you have to like sign his book or he has to like ask you to let him in. Yeah. Oh, no, but sometimes you have to let No, you have to, to you let, have, vampire, you have to let a vampire in. Not all in. of them. Not all of them. Yeah. It depends. Yeah. yeah. Like let the right one in, obviously. You got to let him in. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of interesting. Totally. Well, let's segue and talk about werewolves and why people are into werewolves because I really, Carly, I really like your sort of class analysis because it's true that like the history of the vampire and you've been doing all of this research on vampires is very related to like dandyism and very related to like a certain kind of refined sophisticate maybe even like intellectual class and also definitely related to eastern european yes. anti-semitism mm -hmm. uh, which is not sexy so we don't have to go into that but uh but and also and also disease right vampires are often yes. metaphors for for disease not only diseases that that destroy the body but that also transform your mind and your personality as you are succumbing mm -hmm. and so the idea that vampires are this sort of more sexy, high-class dandies, seducers, as opposed to the rugged, back-to-the-land. Tell us what's hot about werewolves. Yeah. All the werewolf things that I can think of off the top of my head, like True Blood, they're all like biker, blue-collar, like doing dive construction, bar. dive bar, yeah. The originals, they live in, like, the woods. They're not the wealthy ones. Um, so all of them are just, like, these, like, big-ass biker dudes that are going to pick you up in a dive bar and, like, fuck you. Yeah, up. pick you up, exactly. Yeah, like a big, <laughs> burly dude that, like, is going to turn into a bigger-ass wolf. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just sexy, like... Like, one of the things I like to tell people is, like, finding something that turns you on. And sometimes I'll just turn on, like, ESPN and watch those, like, big-ass men in flannel, like, throwing those logs. And, like, those are the werewolves. Like, <laughs> these are the men that would turn into big-ass wolves. So, like, those are the kind of guys that I'm just into. I don't know. It's just sexy. Makes sense. Yeah. What about you guys? About werewolves? Yeah, wow. Werewolves? I haven't thought about werewolves as much as I probably should. I did kind of like Jack Nicholson as the oh, werewolf. God. I know, super creepy. Wolf? Yes. <laughs> so he just like has that creepo vibe, so yeah. it kind of worked for me. <laughs> Problematic. I also love him the Witches of Eastwick as the devil, so oh, yeah. that's like a parallel kind of character, you know? It's also typecast. I'm sure. So uh, that's all I can think of with the werewolf. I need to spend more time with that one. What about you? Well, I just want to point out that I think it's really interesting and cool that, like, all the monsters that we picked have, like, corresponded to our signs. Like, I feel like a witch is, like, a very Capricorn, sort of, like, earthy feel. Aquarius, like, a vampire is a total alien. And then a werewolf is very, like, 
earthy as well. So I feel like it works with you being a Virgo. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. (laughs) Thank you guys. Werewolves are awesome. Like there's this uncharted, untamable sexuality that like radiates off them and they kind of like can't control it. It's like, it all depends on the moons and like the tides. And so, you know, it's very tied back to the earth in that way. And yeah, it's just like, it's a great like, butch fantasy it's like i i'm just gonna like wild out and i'm gonna get too butch and it's just gonna be too crazy and like that's really sexy and it's like pro body hair yeah like very sexualizing in a, in a positive way yeah. you know what i mean how often do you get that yeah. yeah i actually um i met allison moon a couple of weeks ago and she wrote a lesbian werewolf book oh. um that i actually really love i went looking for like other lesbian werewolf books because like i'm really into werewolves apparently like i never really <laughs> realized that but like i have searched this out so like i've learned something new tonight there was this really interesting werewolf book that i got that um i can't remember the name of it but it's basically like an allegory for like menopause and like when women lost yeah. their period they like instead of bleeding you turned into a werewolf and like those were the women that protected the town so it's like uh, I just, I don't know, it's just, I love it. It's just amazing, and werewolves are powerful, and I want to, yeah, they're made. You want to, you want to do what? Yeah, I want to mate with them. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up menopause, because I was just rereading one of my favorite monster comics, which is Swamp Thing, written by Alan Moore. I mean, a bunch of people have written Swamp Thing, but my favorite was the Alan Moore years. There was an issue about a werewolf who was female, and she was basically like, speaking of the patriarchy and rising up against it, as we will continue to do, she just had this like asshole husband that was always telling her to do this and do that. And then uh, during the full moon, it was just that time of the month and she just couldn't take it anymore. And she transformed into a werewolf. And so instead of bleeding, she ripped her husband to shreds. So I I definitely think that, uh, you know, even though the like masculine butch werewolf archetype definitely works, I think that the relationship between your animal nature and the moon and being hairy could apply to anyone of any gender. Indeed. (laughs) And also, I mean, I think another thing about werewolves, and this is true of so many monsters, is the idea that there's a period of time when you are out of control. Like you, you said the word control. And, and I think a lot of, a lot of sexy stuff comes back to control. And the idea that most of the month, you are a civilized human being, but there's this period of time where you just can't control yourself and you just like, your animal nature is unleashed upon the world and you better watch out. You mentioned you don't think zombies are sexy. Does anybody think zombies are sexy? I feel like the problem is we've been shown zombies so much like as an allegory for like anti-intellectualism, following the herd, like capitalism, you know, but at the same time, there is sort of like a energizer bunny thing going on. Like they just cannot be stopped. They keep going no matter what. They're like very, um, very Capricorn-y actually. Like cut off all their limbs and they'll just like wiggle on. Like... (laughs) So I find it inspiring. (laughs) (laughs) And just that body parts can flop around Mm -hmm. without any sort of um, 
intellect or mm. uh, there's it's <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's really sort of this objectum sexualis if you mm. if you know oh, yeah. sort of thing being as like Heidegger would say or something mm. like yeah. Yeah. I, I just feel like it's very abject there's yeah. like so much objection in mm. these body parts having a mind of their own when they used to be part of an orderly being yeah. and then they get the whatever the germ is and then they go so yeah. I'm into zombies although the walking dead bored me after a while so yeah, Same. yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't really know anyone in particular who's into zombies in that sort of, like, realm. I think, again, because it's, it's too abject. It's like, now you're starting to get into, like, decay and mold. And, and that's just, that's tricky, you know, for yeah. anybody that's going to be a little hard. Um, but something that is interesting is, like, this idea of, like, a reanimator. Yeah. Um, or even, like, a, a Frankenstein, which you can kind of get into that, oh, yeah. that same kind of realm. Where it's like, I will build the partner that I want. Oh. That kind of thing is interesting. Don't know quite how sexy it is. I think you kind of have to like maybe free up some space in your mind for something like that. I'm, I'm not quite at that level. But I do think that there, there is room for this idea of like, I can't find who I want, so I will make them. Well, funny you should mention zombies <laughs> being sexy. This weekend, I'm actually shooting porn with Aorta. And we're going to be doing a zombie scene. Yes. Uh, um, so more of like zombie. Are you going to be the zombie? Um, I think I'm going to be the. I think I'm going to be the one getting eaten by the zombies. Ooh. So it's going to be more of like cannibalism, exactly. Okay. And like, um, I think we were talking about it in more of like the lens of like the virus is like just unleashing like all this lust inside of you that you have to just eat flesh and like so hopefully my sexy porn will change your mind on zombies and (laughs) think about ripping off body parts and using them in your orify yeah Yeah. i mean that is just next level and you know this just all makes me think about like you know fleshlight makes like a bunch of like zombie dicks and they make like a Frankenstein one that's like stitched and like they have like a fleshlight that has like fangs on it. Yes. So like if you want to jerk off with like zombie parts, you can do that. You can. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. Mm. Yeah. I can't wait to see that porn. Yeah, right. Yeah, oh my god. A order, yeah. I do feel like there is a genre of zombie story that is that involves reanimation which I feel like is slightly different from the sort of more like Walking Dead virus zombie thing, like the idea that that either you want to build the perfect human or the perfect partner, like Frankenstein style, or that your partner has died and you can't live without them and so you reanimate them, but then they're like rotting and it's maybe not as hot as it was oh, like before. Pet cemetery? Does like, it happen in pet cemetery? Y- well, yeah. I mean, they. It's been a long. It's been a long time. It doesn't go as planned. Yeah. Yeah. It never does. Uh, <laughs> or like in uh, Game of Thrones, when they bring yeah. back Khal Drogo or whatever, you know, or the mountain. Damn, it's weird. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. On the tip of building the perfect partner, I'm going to go a little sci-fi monster, if that's okay with all of you, and open up a big can of synthetic, artificially intelligent worms and ask, why are people into robots? Sex robots, specifically. Or maybe not specifically. Like, when you say, like, building the perfect partner, it makes me think of weird science, mm. right? Which is all about, like, horny boys, like, build, build, like, building the perfect woman, and then she is... It doesn't always go as planned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think with, with robots, it's like you're programmed to do what I tell you, and you're not going to judge me for anything that I need. You'll just do it, and like maybe you'll do it for a little too long until I like unplug you or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think there's, there's that sort of appeal of just like it's freedom. Like, they don't, a robot's not going to be like, you're slutty. Like, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, that's great. That's what I was, like, built to do. So there's something really appealing about that. Totally. I wouldn't... I'm not into robots. Like, hard no. Uh, because I want to be surprised. Unless someone else maybe designed the robot to, like, be a challenge to work with. I want that sort of you know... You want to get a shitty boyfriend robot? <laughs> <laughs> a fixer-upper? <laughs> the misogyny <laughs> needle. <laughs> I want to be on my toes, though, so I, I feel like it would be too easy to just have the perfect... That's boring. There's no, like, learning curve. Maybe I just like a challenge too much, so it would have to be really built by someone who knew how to challenge me. <laughs> Otherwise, I would just be like, oh, I just use my hand. I don't care. I don't, yeah. You know? Because me and my partner actually have this long-running, I mean, I guess it's not a joke, but it's like, don't fuck robots. Like, it's just like a thing that we say frequently. <laughs> just because I feel like generally the thing that I've seen is like, if people want to fuck a robot, it's because like there's no consent and there's no boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's always kind of problematic. And it's like, well, I can do whatever I want to this thing. And it's like, whenever humans can do whatever they mm. want, it's like a slippery slope. Mm. So don't fuck robots. <laughs> So a lot of discourse around sex robots has to do with these ethical questions of consent. There are reports about the potential to design artificially intelligent sex robots that have a resist function, which maybe Kristen would like, it sounds like. <laughs> Jesus, I really talked myself through What I try to think about with sex robots is like, what if we thought beyond just the idea of basically a machine that is your sex slave and think about like, if, if the technology could meet your fantasy. I mean, we're in a sex shop right now, right? So in a sense, your vibrator is a very remedial sex robot. 
in the sense that it, or yours is very sophisticated. I'm sorry. <laughs> you might have to amend it to be like, don't fuck artificially intelligent androids or cyborgs. I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking about like if there was a sex robot with a phallus that was like had the, the mechanics that it could like pick me up and shove me against the wall or like that it could be something that like I could ride until I was done. Uh, and also like feel like if it was sophisticated enough that it like actually does like feel like a human and like passes the Turing test, right? Or like passes through the uncanny valley and like actually sort of the like, uncanny valley. do you know about the uncanny valley? Like, a real thing. Yeah. The uncanny valley <laughs> is basically the space between a form that a human can recognize as not human. And then on the other side of the uncanny valley would be like something that could trick you into thinking that it was human. But between that, there's this valley where you're like, I am very creeped out yeah. by this. It's almost like abjection, but okay. on like the robots. It's, it's, when, it's when things look too realistic, like humans get creeped out by it, basically. That's huh. why like, this is something that me and my partner have talked about a lot. That's why we're like, don't fuck robots. Wow. <laughs> but it's like, we talk about this frequently. It's kind of weird. But like when things look too realistic or too human-like, it's like, it's too much for us. Like our brains can't wrap around it. Wow, how did I miss this? Yeah, a lot of like computer generated like Pixar oh, people. Like you know like the hu yeah. like like in Pixar the like toys or like animals yeah. make sense, but the humans they like make them look too human yeah. and you're kind of like it yeah. this doesn't work. That's the uncanny valley. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. I, I just realized that I would make an exception for the Terminator. Oh. So, wait, T1 or T2? Either one. <laughs> you were ready for that. A cop with the like. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. Or, you know, T1. Come with me. It's like, you know, with you the want to come? And, you know, it's sort yeah. of sweet, you know, anyway. Yeah. Well, so, wait, why are you into the Terminator? I, don't, I think I watched it a lot as a kid, T1 and T2. And, yeah, so I, I just, uh, I think it's, it's, it's kind of like the second one where he learns to sort of be a little human and like be friends mm. is like, so in, in the Terminator 2, when he, he's not programmed to be friendly or make friends, but he ends up doing it. He goes beyond his programming, right? Right. And so that reminds me of Alien versus Predator, when the Predator becomes friends with the human. So I right. feel like that's the kind of robot type being you could have sex with because they, when they, the when they deviate. Yeah. What, so a Predator is an alien, right? Yes, but... He looks like a robot, so whatever. Uh, yeah, before you guys came, you were saying that, that people are hot for Predator? Is yes. that true? What's, why are people into the Predator? <laughs> He's so gross. Sorry, I'm yucking yeah, yeah. people's yums. I'm so sorry. I, 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 think I take it back. I mean, the face part when you take the mask off is a little frightening, you know? But... So like, just leave that on, honey. Right, yeah. right. The outfit and the... It's like very you know, Marshall and there's sort of this Roman, you know, yeah, oh, the ultimate hunter they're wielding their weapons. They're super smart and, you know, they, they hunt for sport and, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And also like if they saw something in you, it'd be like, I'm really special. Right. The right. predator like, thinks I'm the like, movie when he pursuing. marks the girl's face. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Yeah. 
she really gained something special. She gained his trust, you know? <laughs> so you guys, like, want to be that, like, magical pussy that, like, reforms the, like, big, bad <laughs> monster. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally, yeah. yeah. That's cool. But, but the monster stays just, like, a little bit evil. Right, or it's boring. Right. Yeah. Right. You have to always be watching it back a little bit. Yeah, and he could do favors for you, you know, like, oh, this guy's hassling me. <laughs> Work. Yeah, pick him up. Bye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, is, that is hot. That's yeah. true. Yeah. The next question that I want to ask is sort of designed to throw us off a little bit because I think that we don't tend to associate this particular being with something scary, but historically, mythologically, I think that that's wrong. So why are people into mermaids? So, I mean, they're sirens. Right. So they're beautiful women that are calling to you, and even though you know it's dangerous and you're probably going to die, it's worth it. So they're it's just, so yeah, hot. they're just so hot that it's worth it. Totally. Yeah. This is actually a really stupid response, but there's this thing I like to always ask people. I was in Hawaii over Christmas, and I was just really high, and I was asking <laughs> my family, would you rather have sex with a mermaid or a fish with a female mm. uh, bottom. And uh. the, it, the answers vary. So, you know, it's fascinating to really think about. Like, there's not a lot you can do penetratively with a mermaid, but, you know, with a fish head and a human, a human bottom. Do it, but Right, right, right. <laughs> of course, of course. But if, if, if you want more than one... But maybe mermaids have other holes we don't know about. Like, yeah. you know, I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. I think that's important. <laughs> what is that creature called that has the fish head? Um, <laughs> I don't know, but I, I want to know. I do, what I do want to know is, which would you rather fuck? Yeah. I think the fish head. Because <laughs> it's just so horrifying. <laughs> mermaids are a little like, I know there can be really horrifying, like, the Odyssey type, you know, sea hags that are badass, but I still think of like Little Mermaid, and so I'm sure. a little like, all right, you know. You don't want to fuck Ariel. No, I want the weird fish head. Yeah. I feel like that's just something I want to see. Could you draw that for me? Yeah, maybe one day? Yeah, yeah. No, that's like an old school, like, like the animations, like between Monty Python kind of thing. Like, that's wild. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll absolutely draw that. That would be amazing. <laughs> Katie, yeah, I'll do a whole sex comic about you. Well, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Okay. Katie, okay. would you rather fuck a mermaid or an inverted mermaid? I do. An like inverted maid? <laughs> inverted, inverted maid. I think... Okay, awesome, awesome. <laughs> I think I would... I think I'd be cool with, like, a classic mermaid. And I think the appeal of the mermaid is, like, you know they're beautiful and they're alluring, but there's also something very, like, virginal about them. Mm. Even in terms of, like, how do, I, how do I have sex with you? Like, what do I do? Like, there's a lot of, like, figuring out, and it's like, oh, you know, how, how many people are, like, out at this rock or wherever you live in, like, the middle of the ocean? So there's a lot of, like, discovery. How do you breathe while you're having sex? Exactly. Where, like, where does it even happen? So there's, like, discovery, and there's, like, intrigue. You might die because they might just get too into it and pull you in and then, you know, lights out. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, like, dichotomy in that appeal, you know? I'm sorry, I can't help but think that mermaid sex would be, like, the dolphin sex in Showgirls. Because oh. you would kind of have to be, like, half in, half out of the water, right? Yeah. And you could, yeah. Yeah. So I Tricky. Might have just thought of that because Jack is here. <laughs> now you just had me imagining mermaids with strap-ons. 
Oh yeah. And that is a glorious image. So. You guys, yes. you guys, I, I don't, I don't actually know, like, do fish have genitalia? Uh, I think they lay eggs. Yeah. So, but is that a hole that you could fuck? The place that the eggs come out of? You can, but mermaids don't lay eggs. Yeah. Don't they? Oh yeah. How do they, if they create? If they don't, if they don't lay eggs, then do they have genitalia? I mean, also they're made up, so can't we just invent genitalia for them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sure I'm sure it's on the internet somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure. Yes. I'm gonna hit the library, and by the next podcast, I'll have all these answers for you. Awesome. <laughs> there is this amazing movie called The Lore. Has anyone seen it? L-U-R-E. Nobody has seen this movie. I'm obsessed with it. It's Polish, and it is basically about these two mermaids that come ashore and join a like disco punk band and uh it's a musical and then one of them falls in love with the bass player and then uh and the blonde haired one falls in love with the bass player and the dark haired one is like fuck this i'm just gonna like go on a murder spree and it actually reminded me a little bit of my pretty vampire in the sense that she like goes out and like seduces a man and murders him and you're like, okay, this is going to be her thing. She's like a succubus that goes out and murders men and uh, you know, seduces men and murders them. But then she goes out and, and also murders women, uh, like seduces women and murders them. And I was like, I guess this is progress that we have <laughs> bisexual, supernatural murder sprees. Yeah. The mermaids have these like really grotesque, like not cute fairy tale shimmery tales at all they're kind of like scaly and eel-like and they definitely have vaginas in their tales so wow. if you would like representation of that all right that yeah. is the place for it so yeah, it's possible yeah cool. don't dream it be it <laughs> i was always really into ursula oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that was she like She's an octopus. I mean, I know she, she's yeah. in the realm of mermaids. I think she's a sea witch. Yeah. Tech, I think, yeah. Fair enough. But I was always really into Ursula. Yeah. yeah. So hot. Yeah. yeah. That Ursula haircut? definitely has to be Yeah. 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 Oh, totally. Like up into the tentacles. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. There was always then like... it's like tentacle porn and mermaid porn. What? Yeah. Is there slash fiction with Ariel and Ursula? There must be. There must be. Absolutely. Let's yeah. check that out. Let's yeah. go online. <laughs> <laughs> but she is a human. Yeah. Like, her, the top of her is human. But she does have purple skin. Or maybe it's just the lighting. Yeah. Could be. Yeah, I feel like she is half human, half... <laughs> she definitely has tits. Oh, yeah. But doesn't... Yeah, her, her, like, octopus form is also, like, her bustier. Yeah. yeah. It's like a Morticia Adams dress, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So can she, like, take it off and, like, get her titties out? <laughs> I want to know. Yeah. Find out all of this and more in my new fan fiction. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Going back to sci-fi, I want to ask you guys a, another sort of uh, ethical quandary about a particular science fiction dynamic. So the question is, actually, it's a series of questions. So just to start. Would you fuck your clone? Carly? I'm not my type. <laughs> <laughs> I have dated other big-breasted women, and, like, we can't even hug right. So, like, 
I like a girl that's bottom heavy, maybe not as sarcastic as me, because then we're just going to argue all the time. Like, <laughs> the clone isn't, it doesn't do it for me. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. What about you guys? Yeah. Yeah. I got to know. <laughs> I just got to know. Like, you know, um, maybe I don't, like, have as much game as, like, I think I do. Like, I, I just have, I would have to know. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen? Well, if it follows that multiplicity movie type thing, uh-huh. the clone would be dumber than me because it's like the copy, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. It feels like wrong or something. <laughs> I mean, no. sometimes a dumb clone could be probably the I guess hottest. it's not like the copy of the copy of the copy. The first copy would be okay. But okay. I'm not my type either, so, nah. Interesting. No, thanks. Well, I would definitely fuck my clone. Yeah. I can't I can't imagine not wanting to fuck your clone, but I respect people that don't. So the next question is Oh yeah. Well, I do think, I, I, you know, do believe that masturbation is self-love, obviously, but I think that, like, your masturbation routine would be different from, like, having a mirror image of you across from yourself, and if it was, like, a sophisticated enough clone, then it would also behave like you, for better or for worse. So, but I want to fuck that, so maybe if you want to speak to how that might be different from masturbation. You know, I'm a smart ass. I don't want to fuck someone like me. I want someone that's going to worship somebody like me, not not somebody exactly like me. Like I need yeah, I need an opposite personality. I need someone who's going to like worship the ground I work walk on, not like think that they need to be worshiped also. Like there's only room for one Beyoncé. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like no, I I I don't need a competing like spotlight. Yeah. Yeah, I I I'm not mean enough. I need I need a little more aggression. We would just cuddle and hug or some shit. I need someone to come in there and just, you know, grab a hole and do some shit. That wouldn't be me. Fair enough. Yeah. More important question. How many Okay, so the question is, how many clones of yourself would you fuck at the same time? That's an amazing question. How many you got is my answer. Yeah. Yeah. Katie? I just need one. You know, it's really just kind of like a learning experience for me. This one, you know, just kind of write it off uh, on your taxes and just see how it goes. Yeah, just one. I'm a lot to handle. I'm a lot to deal with. Yeah. In that aspect, I would let like three of me fuck my partner. I'd watch the mm. fuck out of that. That would be some great porn. But like, yeah. I don't want to be part of it. I want to be watching. Ooh. So that, I'm so glad you said that. So that is my next question, as yeah. a matter of fact, which is, would you let your partner or, you know, uh, either a person that you're with now or a hypothetical person that you might be with fuck your clone and would you want to watch? Totally. Yeah, I'm a voyeur. I love to watch. So, like, if I could watch me and not have to, like, do any of the work, <laughs> like, and I could just be in the corner with, like, my Hitachi, like, great. Yeah, girl, lay it on him. Like, do all the work. <laughs> Wonderful. Because I think I look sexy. I just don't want to fuck me. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I'd watch, I'd watch that, yeah. 
I'd want to send myself out into really com compromising situations because I wouldn't care if this version got killed. No. So you can just go all the way with things <laughs> that are super dangerous that I might not like want to do ethically now or whatever. Like all bets are off. So your clone would be an unrepentant slut is what you're saying? Well, I feel like... As opposed to you. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just mean like ethics and like sometimes those things you feel a little guilty you should try to have. Like that wouldn't be the case with the clone, right? Yeah. So you... But if you were... Like, if, if you were telling your clone to go do things and, like, you don't care about your consequences, but, like, what about the consequences for other people? Oh, Like, that be, are a result of things no, that your clone would No, it would be more like the clone would be getting hurt, not the other person. So it would be... So you're talking about, like, like dangerous, like, extreme sports? Or, like, dangerous... <laughs> or, like, dangerous... Or, like, dangerous... K2 and fucking yeah. on top with no oxygen. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, just, like... No protection, just like, mm. you know, all kinds of blood play, oh, yeah. or, you know, oh, things yeah. like that. And yeah. would you want to watch? Yeah, absolutely. It'd yeah. be fantastic. Yeah. Katie? I would send mine to my job every day, and then I would stay home and have sex and have fun. Like, they can handle all the other stuff, but yeah. If I'm getting a clone, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to have sex with them once, and then they go to work. That's so <laughs> sweet. <laughs> That'll be my next comic. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> I would, yes, really I would read definitely that, read, right? that. I would read yeah. that. And they get feelings for you, and then you're like, no, but and that's then I'm not like, how I. Yeah. Am. Oh, this is already too sad. <laughs> <laughs> you can break up with yourself. <laughs> well, it, it, it's interesting to think about the the comparison between clones and robots in the in these senses, because in a way, your mind goes to feeling entitled to enslave yeah. Yeah, the, kind of the other the other creature. <laughs> I'm like killing mine. Yeah. Like, How does that work? <laughs> You're sending yours to like K2 for like blood play and stuff. <laughs> it's fantastic. Cut this all out, please. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I stand by. So do you guys have any other monsters that you want to make sure that we cover before we open it up to the crowd again? It. All right. Wow. Why, why, are, why are people into clowns, Kristen? The original Tim, Tim Curry. Curry. <laughs> Listen, why are people into Tim Curry could right. be its Hello. own episode. But... It's like Dr. Frankenfurter a monster? Because, like, yes. He's an alien. I know, right. So that's a monster. Like... Well, let's, wait, okay. I actually want to do aliens, so, let, but let's stick with clowns. I will say that even though technically clowns are not monsters. <laughs> they are kind humans who know how to mime Aww. and stuff and bring joy to children. I, I do like have a, a sincere clown phobia really? and always have. I actually like have a, a mask phobia. Uh, I like, I, I hate everything from like cheesy masquerade masks, which is convenient because I don't want to go to any cheesy masquerades. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I don't. I don't like hoods. Uh, I don't like face paint. Huh. Uh, like anything where like the face is obscured, uh, really, really creeps me out. So the, like clowns are definitely included in that. People make clown porn. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. You know. And people have actually asked me why I haven't done an episode about it, and the answer is. Wow. I have faced my fear. You gotta do it now. <laughs> I know, I know, I really you should. You gotta get a clown fetishist on. I love it. 
who's uh like into clown fetish oh. stuff yeah she does a lot of that stuff yeah. she's literally the only person i would ever even like i don't know anybody else into clowns i could not name one other person why do you think people are into clowns i love a french clown oh my. Yeah, I, it, you know what i mean the makeup is different I yeah i think it's very it's classy it's just like a nice feminine french clown like, i mean i have thought about it because it freaks me out so much and I think that because because my it's always funny because I'm like into a lot of things and also kind of feel like I intuitively understand the sex appeal of a lot of things that people think are right. disgusting. Right. So uh, when I think that something is repulsive and I'm like, why would anybody do that? I'm like, oh, that's what that's like. That's yeah. what. <laughs> so then I always try to like challenge myself. Like, what is that about? And I guess like. The thing that I keep coming back to is the idea that we have been talking about with monsters, which is like when you're a clown, first of all, your identity is somewhat obscured and also you just get to like totally let loose, mm -hmm. right? Like that's what clowns do. They're just like wild and <laughs> absurd. Absurdist. Yeah, I guess it's like an absurdism fetish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But do you guys have any other thoughts? There's a great movie about this guy that puts on an old clown costume and he can't get it off. Yeah. It's and then he just becomes part of this like rotten clown thing and the, the spirit of this clown gets it within him. It's it's good. It's messed up. Oh, that's awful. But yeah, I think it's the same. At first, I thought you were talking about a documentary. Oh my god! <laughs> no. Oh god! Yeah, I think it it's is like polyester suit that just like zipper breaks and he can't get it off <laughs> it slowly goes insane there's some weird aspect of going back to your childhood there's some like perverse time warp that happens i guess it's like innocence it's, so anything that's playfulness super innocent is, supposed to be, is at the other hand yeah horrifying. do you have do you have thoughts i do do you yes. what why are people into clowns nicolette well, I Yeah. Make things weird. And there's also this curiosity, like that for me is coming from like a theater background and like what did I learn about clowning is like the number of one tool is that you are filled with a sense of wonder. You're curious mm. about everything around you. Everything is like an experiment and a mystery and a puzzle. And so you're not taking things for face value. And I think that like in bed, that's really sexy. I try to I try to behave that way as often as possible. <laughs> Thank you. That is very it's very thoughtful and soulful even. Maybe I'll I'll uh, change my mind one of these days. It's not a mind thing actually. It's like totally a, like a phobia. Anyway. Do you find like expertise? Yes. 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 And like um like anthropomorphic animals uh, like like furries. Yeah, I mean, yes, honestly. I mean, I get. I feel like I get the furry thing in the sense of like having a like an like combining the sort of like primal animal play with like having a persona. Like that all makes sense to me. But in terms of like, like I don't find furry sexy. Um, but yeah, like a like a Mickey Mouse situ like suit situation. I'm like. So Disneyland is like your hell. Yes. <laughs> Totally is. I also don't like lines. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Did you have something you wanted to say about it besides Tim Curry? Yeah. 
It is apparent. It's you know this remake of it is like very popular. So something must be resonating with people. Right, because it is a primal demon. That's yeah. that's why it's cool. Mm. But um, Tim Curry really. Okay. Well, that kind of reminds me, demons reminds me of like satanic possession. Okay, let's do satanic possession and aliens and then open it up to the crowd. Carly, why are people into giants and giantesses? I mean, I don't know why they're into it exactly, but I think it's just another thing with like power and control and just like someone who's really amazingly huge that you have to submit to. And I'm going to be shooting giantess porn. I'm very excited. I actually have a little toy car with a little Vin Diesel that I'm going to put all up in me. And I'm very excited to smother Vin Diesel. And yeah. Yeah, that, that idea of just being totally consumed mm -hmm. yeah. um, by a body, exactly. by sex, yeah. is really hot. And it's really interesting, like, the more I've gotten into, like, because, like, I found giantess porn, like, I stumbled upon it in the internet and, you know, in the vast, you know, crevices of the internet. Then I started researching it because I wanted to, like, shoot my own because the studio that I wanted to shoot with doesn't shoot fat girls, which, like, I think is really silly because what's better than somebody really huge and somebody who's really huge with, like, giant tits or, like, you know, like, big bodies, big giant bodies, like, makes more sense, but... It's just so interesting the the vast like differences of giantess porn because there's like ones where like someone is really really tiny or someone is like just like kind of short like hip level or like sometimes they want to be eaten and sometimes they want to just be swallowed whole or sometimes they want to be chewed so like there's so many different levels to it that it's like I'm still like only scratching the surface so I will get back to you when I have you know dived deeper. <laughs> Grown taller. Grown taller, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Reached guys, my apex. <laughs> do you guys have thoughts on giants and giantesses? I think it's like a real appreciation of the body and of form because if if it's not enough, you know, to just have like a regular size person with you, if you want to just be completely enveloped and completely taken over, not just by their body, but like the bodily functions, like if you want to be eaten or, you know, chewed on, or if you want to just kind of like be absorbed like into a vagina, you don't just like love that form, you love everything that it does. So there's something like really, really intense and really romantic about that as well. And it's also like, you know, come and just like step on my city, like ruin my shit. Like yes. that's how into you I am. I think that that's, I think that's really, really sweet. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Kristen? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Sometimes stuff just like registers as like a null, like a clown, like just is a null to me. I'm just kind of like, yeah. You know? I've never even seen it, so like I know clowns exist, but like I have no point of reference for them. Like I don't think I've ever seen anything with a clown in it. Like a sexy thing? Anything. Like, yeah. I know they exist in the world. Like I think I've seen them in maybe a circus, but like I don't. I can't think of a movie or like a TV show. Modern Family, maybe like where like the one of the dads is like into being a clown, but like, besides that, like I have no point of reference for clowns. I have no idea. What have I done? McDonald's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. not a sexy clown though. No. <laughs> not a I'm, sh I'm sure somebody yeah. has thoughts for Mrs. McDonald's, I'm sure. <laughs> or Mr., I guess, I
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why are people about the Burger King? The Burger oh, King is sure. such a pervert. Yeah. He's always just like behind the hedges, just like, hey. <laughs> okay, I promise that we'll do fast food themed. Yeah. Why are people into that at some point? Um, but uh, let's, let's do aliens really quick. Why are people into aliens? Aliens could take so many forms. It's beyond our comprehension. Yeah. We don't even have the years and years and years of stories the way we do about some of these other monsters. It's only in the past, I don't know, 100 years is that aliens are talked about in the same way yeah. as we are today, right? I would argue you, have, you don't have 500-year-old alien stories in the same way. I guess you could maybe say that, well, right, like you could maybe say that That's true. the way that people used to think about gods and goddesses in the okay. heavens is the way that we use our imagination now but we don't we don't deify aliens right. now that we've been able to conceptualize that we might one day colonize space or be colonized more likely <laughs> yeah much more likely um yeah what do you think well i mean when you think about, when I think about aliens, I just picture like forms that are very slippery. Like mm. even like, like the H.R. Giger alien, it's just like this big like phallic force, but it's feminine. Yeah. And like, it's constantly just like slimy and drooly. And like, it's like, oh, maybe it's like horned up for me. Like it just can't contain itself. It's all lubed up. Like it's ready to go. So there's something really appealing about that. But then even like, like grays, like little grays, it's like, look at all my little like boyfriends. Like this, <laughs> this rules. And like, again, it's, it's that kind of like discovery element that like you have with mermaids as well, where it's like, they don't know about me. I don't know about them. We're going to try to figure something out. And maybe they picked me because it's like a predator thing. Like, mm. I was special, you know? Yeah. As I'm talking, I'm just realizing, like, how incredibly narcissistic I am and, like, everything that <laughs> I like. Fun. But it's cool. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah. Yeah. I think there's just – there's something about, like, being special to an alien that feels like, <gasps> they picked me. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Especially because anytime you – like hear about aliens it's always about being like abducted by aliens and being yeah. like probed mm. and like researched and like so it's like maybe it's like a medical fantasy or like mm. maybe yeah. that like Smart. you're just like being discovered by this thing and it's like wow now i'm really into humans or yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you turn them <laughs> i love it um yeah i guess maybe there is also that element of aliens as shapeshifters, right? Like um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, where someone, there could be, it, it's sort of like the uncanny or the unknowableness of one another, you know, that like you, th like you think that I'm a person, but really I, this could just be a shell and mm -hmm. I could be trying to get you to feel comfortable with me so that I can like lay my alien mm -hmm. eggs in you or whatever. What's that? Species. Oh, species. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That kiss where she, like, kisses him and then sticks her tongue through the back of his head. That's very hot. That <laughs> um, did I, did I am missing? One more. What was it? Oh, the devil. Like, satanic possession. Let's yeah. end on the, de on the devil. <laughs> what would be hot about being possessed by Satan, you guys? Or a lesser demon? I have always imagined that the devil or a demon can eat pussy better than anybody else. Because it's always kind of like the thing that you see is like the devil is just eating pussy. So like, I would love to find out how good the devil eats some pussy. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know if this is factually true, but um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Malleus Maleficarum, the Hammer of the Witches, and written in 1486, says that the devil's penis is cold yeah. and hard, and um, sometimes he doesn't come. He, he doesn't ejaculate when he has sex with you. Just some historical additions to... <laughs> so it's like an enjoy, like, stainless steel right. dildo. Yeah. I actually had a friend that had a scene about possession, and they put the Enjoy 11 in the freezer to act like the devil's dick, because the devil's dick is cold yeah. and icy. Yeah. yeah. So it's come full circle. Funny that it wouldn't be hot. Yeah. It wouldn't right. set you on fire, you know? Yeah. From within, maybe later. Like, possession is fire, I think, more. But, but I mean, you got to think that, like, when things are really, really cold, it burns. Mmm. It's like the it's the hottest yeah, exactly. hot is the yeah, cold. Like with Game of Thrones and like the blue fire, yes. like it's just so cold that it's like scorching oh, hot or dragons. Yeah, dragons. Oh. <laughs> do you have a thing for dragons? I mean, not the way some people do, but I definitely respect a good dragon. Why are you allergic dragons? This could go on forever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I love actually, those. Yeah, oh, I got a I got a dragon tongue dildo from Bad Dragon. Oh, Bad Dragon! Yeah, yeah they so have so like, many. I wasn't into dragons until I saw that, and I was like, "Huh, that's pretty hot." What's hot about it? It feels really good. I don't like. I don't know. It's just something about the tongue is like really long, almost like serpent-like. But like dragons are much bigger, so like. I, I really just want all the things to lick my pussy, apparently. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like that tongue would feel really good. <laughs> yeah. I have no objections yeah. to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being possessed by Satan, I don't know. It does seem like, like if you were possessed, you know, like when ladies are possessed, they always just get so sultry. It seems like it would just be fun to like, I don't know, I guess I'm also like imagining um, Sigourney Weaver in Ghostbusters. Ah, oh yeah. How she just like <laughs> sure. becomes sort of witch, like sort of this like powerful, horny witch. Well, what's interesting is that when we see like exorcism movies, like the possessed women are usually like in a lot of pain. But what I feel like, maybe it's kind of like anal or something. Like they're not letting, they're not just like relaxing and letting, letting the devil in. enter them. Yeah. And then they're in pain and convulsing and foaming. And like, if they would just you use know, some lube, right. Just yeah. like calm and breathe. And you know, I don't think it would be so horrible as they seem to make it out, you know? So I think just let it happen. Yeah, just, let, just go with it. You know? Cool. I mean, if it's already happening, it's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Does anybody have any monsters on the tip of their tongue that they are curious about? Yes, Jack the Stripper. Bigfoot. Okay, so we're gonna. Ooh, yeah. Why? Why are people into cryptozoology? Why are people into Bigfoot, and why are people into the Loch, Ma the Loch Ness monster? I feel like the Bigfoot thing ties into the werewolf Agreed. idea of like something that's just like so communing with nature that like they're untamable, that kind of thing. Loch Ness is tricky. I don't know. It's kind of like a dragon. Yeah. yeah. A swimming yeah. dragon. Yeah. With a giant dick. Oh. It like, oh, yeah. it like is a giant dick. 
Yeah. Ghost it, right? Like, is it real? Is it not uh, real? Oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah. <laughs> Mystery. Yeah. A little bit of so. playing hard to get, basically, is what both of these creatures yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you're into that. Okay, so. So. So, so misunderstood introverts, that makes a lot of sense. But also, yeah, so yeah, like a maybe, like misunderstood, soft hearted, mild mannered, hairy, tall mountain man of the forest who also probably like, you know, can really like take you for a tumble. Is that like the Jersey Devil is also one of those, right? What's the Jersey Devil? Oh, I, I think they're. Oh, oh, maybe I don't. I don't know. I always thought they were like man-sized. Yeah, I don't know. but I could be wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, here Depends we go. On, <laughs> Depends on where in Jersey. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man, that's always what happens in the X Files. <laughs> yeah, Ben. Ghosts. Why are people into ghosts? Not why are people into ghosting? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's um, there's this horror movie, The Entity, about the Entity. It, it's like a I want to say like early '70s, but it's about a woman who like moves into a house and the house is possessed and the ghost like keeps forcibly having sex with her and like that's obviously not great. But it was always like, oh, what if you did one that was like like consensual and like actually fun and good and then I was like I would love that like I would love to have like a ghost boyfriend like that would rule it's like you never know like are they gonna make you dinner or like you know maybe I don't know push you down a flight of stairs it's like wow <laughs> this is so interesting like so I think that would be really cool danger danger yeah you just never know and it keeps things fun at home you know and that's important in a and also if you need to have a little space you can just leave the house exactly yeah. and they can't follow yeah. you except maybe on Halloween unless they do yeah, yeah. <laughs> it depends on the kind of ghost are they yeah. you know depends on the canon certain... yeah it depends yeah. on the canon have you ever seen the ghost of Mrs. Muir that's that movie no no No. Same thing. Oh my god. Oh my god, I have so much to do tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, falling in love, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, I guess, like, it also depends on if the ghost can take a corporeal form. Because, like, if they can't, then there's that sort of, like, yearning mm. element and, and also, like, mystery and, like, wanting what you can't have, where you could, like, which is why maybe there are a lot of, like, romance stories about falling in love with ghosts, whereas if they could actually, like, yeah, have a in-the-flesh form, maybe, that would ruin the intrigue. <laughs> Do you, are you into ghosts, Ben? Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I'm sure they're interested in you. <laughs> <laughs> they have to be a nice ghost though. They can't well they have to be like sort of nice. Yeah. It can't be like the entity situation. That's too much. Yeah. It's too real. Yeah. They can't be like knocking shit over. 
No. They're like, man, I gotta get a new TV. <laughs> Any other thoughts on ghosts? Patrick Swayze. Oh, that movie. Yeah. Sexy ghost. What is, I mean, I guess what's sexy, I haven't seen that movie in so long. I guess like part of what's sexy about that is that they are so in love that he can't even like move on to the next world, right? Yeah, like that's right. part of the, the appeal of that romance. Love throughout the afterlife. Or right, whatever. right. Yeah. Which seems a little clingy to me. Like, yeah. Yeah. totally. Do you remember that Curb Your Enthusiasm where Larry tries to say they, at death they get to part, but Cheryl's like, no, you have to promise to be with me through eternity. Whoa. And they have like a fight about it. That's, I'd be on the Larry David side. Like, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is romantic to think about being with someone for eternity if it's the right person. Mm. So like being ghosts together, but not like if you're trapped in like a shitty well, right. house. You don't have to be monogamous ghosts. Yeah. Like you could just be ghosts, like doing your thing. Or you could go through a period of like a few centuries of being monogamous and then like sure. open things up again. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ghost of what? Oh yeah, the ghost of force it's like a Beetlejuice now. Like, maybe they're like waiting in that waiting room to get divorced or something. Gosh, I'm imagining Beetlejuice. Uh, yes, yes. By the way. Oh, also. you would fuck. Mm, you would mm, fuck mm, Beetlejuice. Mm, oh yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. What's hot about Beetlejuice? He's like rotting. Okay. So <laughs> he's got a great suit. Like he's just like a creeper. Yeah. And he's funny. He's a trickster. That's true. He's like every man I've ever dated. <laughs> Fantastic. If you and your partner were ghosts, then you could possess people and then fuck as anyone. Ooh. And that would be fun. Like you could, like, like I could like possess like the body of like a cisgendered man and like fuck my partner and like, like feel what it would feel like. So that would be, that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have a plan for the afterlife. <laughs> Does anybody have any other monsters that they want to talk about? Either ones that they're into or ones that they don't understand why they're sexy? Ooh, could I bring one up? Of course. I love like Cthulhu. Okay. Cthulhu and like tentacle stuff I think is, that's like my favorite. Like even like going back to like old school, like Japanese woodblock prints, like the mm. Hokusai, Dream of yeah, the Fisherman's Wife. Yeah. And it just like, she looks so ecstatic and so happy to be like with an octopus. Yeah. And I think it's just cause it's, it might be like the giant death sort of thing too, where it's just like, you're totally absorbed. And yeah. 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 Totally the word. yeah. Well, you're in luck. Cause we're also doing tentacle porn <laughs> this weekend. Yeah. Oh I want to I like come visit. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, it's hard to find good tentacle porn because yeah. a lot of it is like you know you get into hentai like fantasy yeah and it's like okay but every now and then like i'll i'll find some that are japanese and the girl looks so mm -hmm. happy she's like i love this like and i'm like oh there was actually an article that i just read about like feminist tentacle porn yeah, that's starting that yeah oh. about how it's less of like in the rape lens and more mm -hmm. of into like the suctiony, feeling good yeah. lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very slippery. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see it. Well, I think 
this is not the first time I've ended a podcast on the note of tentacle porn. <laughs> and it won't it be always last. comes back. <laughs> it won't be the last. So I really want to thank all of you for coming out tonight. And I want to thank my guests, Carly and Katie Skelly and Kristen Soleil. Buy their books. Buy whatever you want in the store. 15% off tonight. Subscribe to the podcast if you like what you heard today. And make sure that you check back on the Pleasure Chest event page and also the event page on my website, tinahorn.net slash live to find out when the next live wire people into that is and when I'm actually teaching a class here at the Pleasure Chest next Wednesday. Thank you so much for coming out and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Oh, and thanks to Ben, who did the amazing sound tonight. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.